Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to How Are You? The Wellbeing Podcast. This week's guest, we have a lady who seems to juggle it all and I want to know how. She's been on the front line for the past year, playing for England, leading her team as captain, and most importantly, being mum. It's the super inspirational Amy Hardcastle. Amy, welcome to my podcast. Hello, nice to meet you. Thank you. Yeah, it's lovely to meet you. We were just talking before um, about how this is such amazing timing because you're obviously someone who is juggling everything. Um, and I found that really hard being a mum myself and a new mum. So, and, and the childcare system being really unsupportive. And so, just be so interesting to hear everything you have to say about that. Um, and just about the past year, the pandemic. I know you were on the front line and it was extremely challenging for you and for your family, I can imagine. Um, but, like, just to start everything off, I wanted to, to ask you how you were. How are you? I'm all right. I'm getting there. I, I've just actually got over COVID. Um, you know, I've done and all that time on the front line from when COVID started and, you know, not picked it up once and being very lucky. And unfortunately, I played it, I played in a final a few weeks ago, um, which was on the BBC app for the first time for the women, the Challenge Cup. And a few of us got contracted with COVID through that game. So I'm actually on the mend and I just represented England on Friday night. Um, so I, I managed to get to that game with like a week recovery and getting back in the gym. But I'm doing very wow. well, thank you. Oh, wow, you are a soldier. Honestly, I had, I, had, I had COVID quite a while ago and it does take it out of you massively. Um, yeah, it, and it, it absolutely wiped me out. Um, you know, I was quite—I was in bed for about a week and I think knowing that I had an England game not far, you know, in front of me, it just, it's really, it really pushed me to keep the fluids down and keep topping up with my paracetamol to keep my temperature down and, just do everything that I can to get into that game, which I did. Amazing. Well done. But how ironic is that, that you literally like were head to toe PPE for the last year, worrying about whether you were going to bring it home to your family and your children. Uh, is it, have you just got one child or two? Just one. Yeah. 10 year old girl. And, and then you're playing outside rugby Things have calmed down a lot. Uh, it's just... Yeah. It, the thing is, it's like when it first COVID came, I was like, 
obviously we, we knew nothing about it. Nobody did. And I used to look at the PPE and think, I can't believe I'm dealing with COVID patients every day and I'm wearing this PPE. And I used to doubt it and I, you know, quite negative towards it. And, but if anything, it's worked. And, you know, even with rugby, we all wear masks. We're very careful, but there's obviously certain times we can't do that. And we get tested three times a week with a lateral flow. So we're always, you know, we're on top of the game with it really. And even on the gate, the morning of the game, we all got lateral flowed and we were negative. But two wow. days later, people came out with symptoms. I guess I guess that's just the nature of the virus, isn't it? Like we still don't know a lot about it or enough or loads. It's so new. Um, and we're just doing the best we can with the information that we've got. Yeah, and that's it. And, you know, I, I don't actually know if I had the new variant because, you know, my daughter ended up picking it up and so did my, my fella. And, you know, my, even though I've been in contact with my mum, my mum was okay. It's, it was just just strange. very And like a whole rugby team as well. There was only four that got it out of all of us. It's just, it's bizarre who wow. it goes for. <laughs> yeah, it's really bizarre. Really bizarre. Um, so reflecting on the last year, how 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 do you feel about it now? Yeah, you know, I was always never wanted to catch it because obviously bringing it home, you know, to my family and also the lady I care for uh, with dementia and her husband Sarah in the seventies and eighties, you know, that was a massive worry for me and I had to have some time out of work. But in a way, now I've caught it. I'm kind of I'm kind of glad I've got it out of the way because. I was always anxious about picking it up and, you know, I could still pick it up now, but, you know, it's, I feel like I've had it. It sounds really strange, but like I've ticked a box because it, it's like you're waiting constantly. Are you going to pick it up? Have you been around someone? And it's like a box tick now, but I've just, you've still got to be vigilant about it, but you know, it's, we're moving on, I suppose. And it's, we've just got to get on with it and just got to try and get back to normality. Yeah, a lot of people are saying now, like, it's it's a virus that will have variants. And is it a matter of us learning to live with it as a, as a new virus that is around? Yeah, yeah. And I think that is the case. Yeah, and this is the thing, like, it affects everybody differently. But if you're fortunate to be able to not need hospital treatment, then you've just, you know, just do your best to follow what they're asking you to do. Yeah, but how long? How long? How long do you think we can carry on with, with the whole? You know, is it re- realistic to live with masks and sanitization and rules for like forever? Like, how? When does it end? I have no idea. I d- I do think like maybe on the front line, people will be wearing the masks and you know being extra careful. But I just think we're just gonna have to kind of get to. We're just gonna have to try and get back to that normality and I do, like I say I would not know how to do it um like we say we're coming on a bit of a rise again now and but the hospitalizations are coming down which is great and I don't think people are needing you know there's not as many deaths but they're gonna have to they're gonna have to definitely find a way how we can just get back to normal because I don't think many people are going to be able to continue doing this um lockdown situation stuff and the whole PPE with the masks it's it's very hard for people. Yeah, I think that it comes to a point where it's like, well, how many people's mental health is it affecting? Like, what other, what other, you know, what other ways is it infect, affecting people? And, you know, are there less cases of 
COVID and more cases of suicide and, and all those things that we have to think about because, um, yeah, I don't know. We could talk about it all day. Um, it's one of those things. I don't know enough about it either. I try not to like delve into it and read too much into it. I just do what I'm told and try and get on with my life as best I can. Um, it's just like, just must have been so um, grueling for you the last year. That, that That's what I'm fascinated about. Like, do you feel like you've just come out of some crazy dream or like? Yeah, it's bizarre because, you know, you had to kind of put some extra shifts in and do it. And for me, rugby is my life. So anything I do is because I do it for rugby. So that got taken away from me for a little bit. So I kind of, I accepted that because I knew I was having to do a good thing to like not have that situation and try and get that back. And then once like restrictions were lifting, um, so my mental health was not as bad as some others because at the end of the year, I managed to go back to England training because being an elite status, we could train in a gym and get together. So I was getting my fix of being around my friends, being able to do exercise with people. And also that helps with my mental health is doing the exercises, whereas people have really not had that. But as this is going on now, if we keep going into this lockdown and potentially with a World Cup at the end of the year, that being taken away, I just don't know how I would cope. I don't know about all the other people that have, but I just there's got to be that line because mental health is on the rise and it's it's more in younger children as well. And you know, you do see a lot of that. And I worry for my daughter, um, because she really struggled through COVID, um, not being able to see her friends and have that stability at school so it really it worries me for the younger generation especially yeah no I agree with you um I think that's something that really needs to be a main focus and I don't know if it has been but like the future of of our country is our kids you know so making sure that they're all mentally stable is like so important and again it brings me back to the whole childcare thing I was thinking the other day like if if children if our, if parents of children aren't mentally well like if our mental health suffers it has an effect on our children i think it's like a huge percentage of children like experience anxiety and depression if their parents do um i guess it's learned behavior and like, mentality and stuff so you know i think that that's something that they need to really take seriously and i just find get frustrated sometimes where i feel like people jump on the mental health bandwagon but do they actually really care and that's what's bothering me. Uh, yeah. I feel like Boris does that a little bit. Yeah, um, I know what you but... mean. It's And it's like, you know, you like you say, your kids do watch everything that you're doing and how your attitudes and how your behaviours are. And, you know, while they're not at school and stuff because of the COVID and they're sat in the room or they're on the game, parenting's really hard. So you have that break while they do that. But then it becomes where it's, oh, go, go on your game or do this because it's easier because of, how isolated you can be feeling with it and then the children just have no motivation and it I, do, I generally feel like that is a, a, a big issue that needs to be looked at especially with if covid is going the way it is that the the areas of children at school need to be like the top priority because they are our future and we need to make sure we're looking after them yeah and you're so right with the whole exercise thing what you were saying about your mental health you're allowed to exercise be around your teammates it's no different for kids like they need to be 
kids. They need to be running around. They need to be with their mates, playing, being creative, using their imagination. Like, and that's all been taken away from them as well. I know, obviously, things were put in place to protect, save lives. But now we know more about it and we're managing managing things better. It, it definitely needs to be a priority. So fingers crossed. Um, I want to talk about, I want to talk about you. I want to find out more about you. I think you're so inspiring the way that you juggle everything. Um, let's go back to the beginning. Let's talk about rugby. And um, would you say you're a nurse or are you a healthcare assistant? What is your, what is your line of work there? What's the title? I'm a, I'm a healthcare in A&E. Healthcare yeah okay. healthcare okay perfect right so what came first rugby or healthcare rugby I started rugby when I was 18 because we didn't there was no teams around when I was younger it was just boys team so I started a lot later on in life okay and did you start at uni or like how did you discover your love for rugby so I always knew I was quite the physical type of girl for rugby was, um so I because there wasn't any teams, I did football first and I was up at Calderdale College uh, playing uh, football and doing a sports development coaching degree, um, course, sorry. And um, I'd noticed there was like a poster on the wall saying they were setting up a ladies team in Siddle. And I've always been waiting for this opportunity to come. And I just, I thought, I'm just gonna have to go for it. I'm not very good in new environments, people I don't know. I'm quite, people think I'm a very confident person, but in reality, I'm not. I'm quite shy in new environments, and I just had to. I just went and grabbed it because it was something that I was really passionate and I wanted to do. So I just went and did it, and I never looked back. Wow! So did you like rugby anyway, like the men's sport? You're a fan of that. Um, yeah, a little bit. I just like the the physicalness and the contact of it. And to be honest, I wasn't always the best footballer. I couldn't really have the best control with it on my feet. I was always more safe. <laughs> with it in my hands <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so I always even though playing out with the lads on the streets because I was I grew up being a tomboy like you know lads would have a, a rugby ball and a football and we'd do what we do and I always knew that when I had that ball in my hand I was more confident so that's kind of why I wanted to go that way mm. so you knew your you knew your strengths and you went with it um what I love about that story is the fact that I've speak to so many women who want to join a netball team, they want to join a football team, they want to do something new, but they just haven't got, they're too scared, shy, they're worried about being a beginner or starting from, even going to the gym, like so many people fear it and lack confidence. Like, have you got any tips or advice for anyone wanting to do what you've done all those years ago um, who, who are doubting themselves? Yeah, most definitely. It's like going for a job interview, you're absolutely dreading it, you're self-doubting yourself and You've just got to take that 1% that might be where you, you'll say, I can do this and just go for it. Regardless how you feel, you know, after you've done it, you'll feel fine. You've broke that ice. You've, you know, you've, you've broke the barriers in your head that you was, you know, doubting. So no matter how much your mind is telling you, you can't do this or you don't want to do it or you do, you've just got to go and grab it and do it because then once you've done it that one time, the second time will be easier and it'll just get easier and easier and easier. Mm. I really believe that there's a reason why you want to do it in the first place. You want to do something because you know you can. So there's a voice there that often tells us, oh, you can't, oh, you'll be crap, you'll, you know, you're not fit enough, whatever. But there's a reason why you were drawn to that poster. Like you knew something in your gut was telling you that 
you were capable. So even though you might have felt shy, like confidence, that I can was there because because you knew you could, if that makes sense. Like that that got you through it. Like you were saying, take that one percent of confidence or courage and go for it um and I love that I think a lot of people are like oh I want to do it but I don't think I'll be very good why do you want to do it in the first place then because you know deep down that you could be good at this yeah. <laughs> definitely don't yeah. you think totally I, yeah I totally agree with you yeah <laughs> yeah so don't talk yourself out of it um and I've just joined netball and I haven't played since school and I'm so nervous the first training session um so nervous about meeting new people and a netball teams never really get a good name in, in terms of bitchiness and that so I was worried about that because I have pa- I've passed all of that there's no drama in my life and I just didn't want to feel that but I just thought look whatever if 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 you get that vibe you can just walk away after the session but I love it I've got a friendly tonight I'm buzzing I'm so glad I broke down that barrier like you said um, I can't see me playing for England like you in any World Cup anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. <laughs> I think I'm a bit old now. God, approaching no, 30. How old are you? 29. I'm 32. You've got it. You've got it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so, yeah, I love that message. Um, you've got that grit and fire in your belly, which is amazing. Um, so then what made you go into healthcare? Because I know you don't get paid for rugby, which is mental. And I want to talk about women in sport and the gap between women's uh, sport and men's sport but first of all healthcare was that just because you because you needed to live or because you know you were drawn to that line of work yeah like I've before I applied for the hospital I was full-time with a lady with dementia and I've been with the same lady for seven years um obviously you never know how long you know who you're caring for maybe here um and I kind of had to think about my future and the support in my daughter in my life and I seen a post come out at the hospital for an health care and I'm always driven for caring for people it's just my nature I'm just very much for putting people before me and I just want to help and um it was part-time hours so it worked out perfectly so I applied it and I got it and it's it's been three years now and it works really well, so I do three days with my lady and then I do two days in A&E, but I've just learned so much about life being in A&E. It's, it's really helped a lot with my anxieties because I struggle. I struggled a lot with dying. I don't want to die. I still want to be here, and that really helped me get over that situation because I am well. I am fit. I've got, I'm good, and it just it really opened up my eyes, A&E, and that's that's kind of where I'm at now. Wow, that's really interesting. I've never heard anyone actually say that they've got anxiety around dying. That's quite, that's like, no, but like, it makes sense. But obviously, when you look at the odds of it, if you're fit and you're healthy, you know, uh, you take care of yourself. What what are the chances of you dying? I guess that's what you've got to look at, right? Yeah, I, I think it came from having my daughter. Like, I used to be fine and about everything, even flying. I can't fly now. I'm just because I'm so scared of not being in control. So it's, I always, I'm, I, it just came from obviously Olivia and having that fear of not being here. I absolutely love breathing. I love getting up and going, you know, going to work, going to the gym, going to rugby. I, I enjoy my life and I just kind of felt I went through a stage in my life where I was scared of it being taken away. And I, 
I can't eat. It sounds quite bad in a way, but I used to like love going to the hospital because when I was in that hospital, I felt safe and that people could look after me. So if I'd had a bad attack, panic attack and I thought I was going to die, I'd go to A&E. And it's kind of like that dark hole. Because I went through a stage in my life where um, I was with my daughter's dad and I was in a marriage and we were young and kind of accepted that, you know, I fell out of love and I couldn't be in that marriage because it just wasn't working for me. And I didn't want to carry on just for the sake we had a child and I went into a dark place and I couldn't leave the house and stuff. And I'd suffered a lot with panic attacks and I got a little bit of help, some therapy. And like I say, I used to go to hospital if I was having an attack. But when I started getting my life back on track and came out of the marriage and isolating everything or getting rid of stuff that didn't make me in a good place, you know, I found that that sunshine at the end of the tunnel and it helped me progress in my life as well. And yeah, being in hospital, it's kind of my my safe place. (laughs) Wow, that's so that's amazing. And like hats off to you as well for um, getting out of that dark hole, like stepping out of your comfort zone. Like it's it's hard to make that decision, especially when there's a kid involved. Yeah, it it was hard because you know my ex husband. He was a brilliant dad. I was at university and I was having my rugby was potentially going to go to New Zealand on a tour and I'd found out I was pregnant with Olivia Um, and it was either go it was either keep Olivia or you know you know not obviously and go and do my rugby and do that career and stay at uni and I chose to have Olivia and took time out of uni and you know it's he was a great husband I can't knock him. He used to do all the night feeds because I couldn't cope. I struggled really bad how to be a mom. And it was only like when we kind of split up that I kind of started being a mom. And no matter how, he wasn't a bad person, but no matter how hard it is and you don't want to break that family, you've got to do what's good for yourself. And, you know, I'm I'm glad that I did it and I can't take anything, you know, I can't knock him because he wasn't a bad husband. It was just how I felt inside. Mm. Do you think, do you think a lot of that struggle to be a mum initially and I mean was there anxiety there around it and stuff but do you think it was partly because you felt like your dreams had kind of been put on hold and it was just hard to cope with yeah because I kind of had to give everything up I'd started playing rugby and within six months I got picked up for England um, and I managed to have a couple of test match for England against France and like New Zealand was like the biggest thing that I'd have ever done in my life and it kind of got taken away um but that's just how it was and you know it's you have to sacrifice I had to you know come out of uni and then try and go back once Olivia were born which I struggled I got into the third year but I just I couldn't do it I was just I was coming out like 40 percent you know just scraping the third and it wasn't worth it I just you know it will it wasn't happy mom at home mm. you know this really highlights like what I've been talking about on social media which I know you've been following in regards to like um childcare and this country and how it's not designed for mums it's not designed to support families where the mum wants to have a career or do her thing and I feel like obviously in in your situation um regardless of what childcare was available New Zealand wouldn't have been able to happen because you just had a baby you'd have needed to recover and everything like that 
But if you felt security that once you had that, once you had Olivia, um, you could get things back on track and there wasn't all everything else to worry about. Do you think, do you think your anxiety would, would have still been there? Do you think you would have felt like you had sacrificed it all? Yeah, anxiety is definitely, you know, when Olivia was born, I had to work back into, get back into the England. I couldn't just walk straight back in. So not only had I lost my place in the squad, I'd come out of uni. So I was basically just being a mum then. So, yeah, the the huge anxieties of having to try and get your life back on because, you know, your partner's got to work and doing what they was doing anyway. There's no changes. But, yeah, it's hard to try to get your life back on track when you know that you're kind of, the main role in in the family mm, yeah I think a lot of women are struggling with that at the moment especially especially now like with homeschooling people working from home and like it's really really like you must have been doing it like how do you how do you juggle it all have you got any tips Amy like what, how did you <laughs> gonna be comp- no no I'm gonna be completely honest with you right now <laughs> I didn't do very well at homeschooling <laughs> so <laughs> I'll be honest me and Olivia we we sat down we tried we fell out, we argued, we was both upset. And you know what? I'll be totally honest right now on this podcast that I did not do homeschooling because in my eyes, I was not falling out with my daughter and having the pressure of home life, being stuck in this house, this garden and being unhappy with each other. So I just kind of had an approach like it was the six week holidays. We'll be outside in the garden. We'll do what we do. And and that's how I had to do it. I, I could not, I couldn't do homeschooling. And you know, I've, I had the teachers on my back, but there was no way I was having fallouts with my daughter and it being hard enough. It, my relationship with Olivia was so much more important than doing the schoolwork. Mm, yeah, no, I, I, I make you right. Um, and I think a lot of people listening to this will totally be able to relate. I saw loads of stuff through lockdown and parents arguing with their kids. I think kids don't look at their parents as their teachers either, even though we do teach them so much. It's just a different, it's a different role, isn't it? And like, we can say to, oh, I'm going to tell your teacher and they absolutely shit them, don't they? Like they don't, but they'll, they'll test, they'll test, they'll test us and like, you know, try and get away with things. But with their teachers, it's a whole different ball game. And no one's ever done that before. It was a whole new experience. People were winging it and hoping for the best. And I definitely wouldn't have been able to cope if Macy was older and we were just arguing every day, you know, and you're trying to work. You're worrying about when you can get back to rugby, your own mental health. It's just, it was just all too much. So I guess the message there is just like expectations, like managing your expectations, right? Yeah, totally. And if I'm to- and if I'm honest, the the work was incredibly hard anyway. So there was no point me homeschooling trying to do maths because I got a G in maths at school from a GCSE. <laughs> so I've got no chance. She's doing way harder work than I've ever done. So I couldn't even do that. <laughs> I know, like the division, the divisions and stuff that you see these kids are doing. I'm like, what? Yeah, honestly. Um. Well, Liz, I love I love that you're being honest. I think it's refreshing and it's what people need. They just need we just need people to just be themselves, be honest, be authentic because I think that really helps with the whole mental health situation. I think a lot of mental health issues comes from people putting on a facade, making up their lives are perfect, and then other people are like, Why aren't I coping? So just being honest and real just helps people so much.
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you like this podcast, then why not check out one of our other amazing Create podcasts? If you just want a good laugh, then check out The Weekly Roast. Listen. Listen, bitch. Oh, Listen, make, make, make an entrance. I'm a week off sugar. Uh, in uh, I, will, I will fly <laughs> to the UK and I will cut you both. <laughs> for the more cultured ones among you, join Laura Wright for music in my life. <laughs> yeah, yes. let's go. <laughs> I'm so glad no one can see me right now because I'm doing. I was doing some weird dance moves. <laughs> yeah, nothing then. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just a good goss you're after. Georgie Porter and Sharon Carpenter are your go-to girls on Loose Lips. So it's got mine, girth, though. It's got girth. Yeah, mine, mine, mine is quite spindly and, and flaccid. This is like long. Just three more podcasts to feast your ears on. Find them wherever you found this podcast. So how are you feeling about the World Cup? Is it still going ahead? It's October, November... Yeah, it's this is a thing when I'm talking about like mental health kind of side, like what's going to happen if this gets counted? Like potentially it might not go ahead now. Um, we've been seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter saying that the other countries may not be able to come in because oh, of the quarantine. Shit, yeah, it's not just you guys. It's, it's not just you. Yeah, so the, for the women's competition, it's about five week, four or five week and the men's is more. But from what I can see, the Australians are having a bit of a meeting to see if they'll come over because they'll have to have that time here and then they'll have to do two weeks when they get back. And you kind of need all the countries in the World Cup for it to be the best World Cup that you can have. So we, we're a bit on the on the fence at the moment. Um, I'm kind of hoping because it'll mean like another year, so I'll be potentially, I'll be 33 in March. So then it'll be like, I'll be closer to 34 if it happens, if it doesn't go ahead. So it just means more sacrifices, more family time missed, more shift swaps. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really hoping because I'm working so hard for it. Oh, we all yeah. are. I'm, I'm hoping as well. And is it on TV? Like, where can I watch it? Yeah, it's on BBC. Yeah, it's all going to be on there. Yeah, which is, it's 
it's first time like obviously the challenge cup was on bbc2 live which has never happened for the women's game so we played before the men's and it's just going the right way and for it to be on the telly at the end of the year it's it's i'm absolutely buzzing for that because this is what i've worked so hard for yeah so tell recognition talk yeah talk to me about women in sport like where are we at now you know god i mean there's a lot more women on the telly now, aren't they, talking about sport and commentating. But are actually, and, and I think women's football is getting better, but what what? how do you feel about it? Is Are we improving? Are we giving women the, the, the sort of limelight they deserve? We're definitely getting there. Um, from when I started rugby up till probably before, just before COVID, um, they want that much about social, they want that much on social media, Um it's just for some reason with the World Cup coming ahead and obviously all the other sports and the women doing really well and them getting, you know, the publicity. Rugby League's obviously been quite far behind on that. Um, so they kind of, I'd like to think they've jumped on board to try and improve it, especially at club level with their social media platforms. But like, I've never known anything like it in this past like year and a half, like the amount of social media attention that that's out there getting on the BBC, getting on the red button, you know, it's going in the right step. And, you know, we don't get paid for it, but for the World Cup, we'll we'll be getting paid exactly the same as the men and the wheelchair. So every, the prize fund will be the same and accommodation, everything. So what happened in 2019, I played out in Australia in a World Cup nines and we actually got a participation fee from the NRL. Um, and it was like $2,000 and we was out there for the week. And we were like, that to us was just absolutely amazing because we've never been paid. We don't get any expenses or anything like that to get training. It all, it all comes out of his own pocket. So for us to get a fee and we got like $30 um, for each day as well, like a little allowance. And we was like, this is absolutely buzzing because the Australians, they do very well out there for the women. They get contracts and good sponsorships. So we was kind, we kind of felt like we was getting more professional. Anyway, we've come back and obviously the talks with the World Cup and England and the you know the national lottery and all the funders behind it have got on board and we're all equal at the end of the year, which is fantastic. And the wheelchair as well. What's the wheelchair? So it's wheelchair rugby. So that's mixed. So it's uh, oh, men and women, and okay. you base you. Have, have you ever watched it? I haven't. It, it's, oh, it's it's going to be live on BBC, but it's unbelievable. Like, they just absolutely cage each other in the wheelchairs. It's it's different to on a field, but it's just as rough. It's brilliant. Honestly, like, I take my hat off to him. I could not do that. The upper body strength that you need. Yeah. So, it's brilliant, so it, yes. So it's rugby, but they're in wheelchairs. Yeah. Wow, wow. That's amazing. I'm so glad that that's getting coverage as well. Yeah, and that's great for them. Yeah, amazing. Um, And they're getting paid too. I I can't believe that literally you don't even get expenses. No, we don't get all. um, So it's just... At the beginning of... Sorry, it's just like you're playing for a Sunday league club. It's no different. No, it is. No, that's... that's, It's like you going to netball tonight. Yeah, I pay a fiver. Yeah, it's just like... (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So yeah, it's it's because you love the sport, and we're kind of trying to help build that now. So maybe in another five years, 
maybe less than that. There might be these girls that are getting paid contracts part-time. It'd be great. We've just got to try and keep mm. building it. And what this will allow is if you're on the telly and your name's getting out there, those sponsorships will come. Like, I'm sorry, but I can't, I can't think of anyone better to represent a brand than a mum working her butt off to live her dreams, play rugby, represent the country, you know, like, come on now. Oh, thank you. It's really true. appreciate that. Thank you. It's true. You know, I, I would, I love work. I love my jobs that I do, but sometimes I just wish that I could just be a full-time rugby player just so I could have that little bit of downtime, have that family time, just go and do my training, come and just have a bit of a normal life. It's, so chaos I don't even know how I do it sometimes but there's a we're all in the same boat I suppose you deserve to be it because male rugby players they're allowed to be just male rugby players right or not totally yeah they oh, do yeah, right? that's it yeah. that's yeah yeah that's what they do that's what they get to do they get to go do what they love but unfortunately it's all down to sponsorship and who wants you on their brand and yeah and coverage on the telly you know, selling tickets yeah but I think the more that they put it out there, the more it's going to encourage females to play sport again because I'm, I'm a massive sport person. I played football, netball, rugby, the lot at school. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, athletics. Um, and I'm going to put Macy into every sport possible. I'm going to try it out with everything. I think it's so important. But I know that now teachers I went back to my high school visited my high school and I know that girls are so conscious of like body image they don't want to be seen as like getting rough and getting muddy and I used to like like slide tackle in like PE like not even a game against our rivals like, I just loved it but that's not there anymore like this is very rare to find girls that want to get stuck in now and it like it's sad but I think the more the, I don't want to say glamorize because it's so much hard work goes into being an athlete, especially if you've got a bloody two part-time jobs like you. But as in, if it's on the telly more, if it's seen as as, as more ad, admirable to these young people, like an influencer on Instagram, do you know what I mean? I don't even know if I'm wording it right, but the way that boys want to be professional footballers, I want I want girls to feel like they have the opportunity to be sportswomen and it's not just like, um, I know, for the Olympics, but rugby, football, netball, that same desire. Yeah. Well, up, up in Yorkshire, we've uh, noticed a, a huge increase in girls participating in rugby and with uh, there's an under-11s league now, which is fantastic. And, you know, it's all teams over Yorkshire that are involved in. Then there's like, under 16 so it is improving and when you're with the more publicity we're getting where girls are noticing that because there used to be kind of that oh everyone that played rugby was either a lesbian or had short hair or who was bigger that was what it used to be like years ago used to people used to be like that I even I even got asked if I was a lesbian because I played rugby you know but times have changed it's not like that now and these are so many pretty you know, younger girls getting involved. And when you look across all the teams in the Super League, there's just a diverse group of girls now. And it's, you know, it, I'd like to think more, especially in Yorkshire, they're more getting involved because they, they know that, you know, you can be girly, you can do this. Um, 
and I've definitely seen, especially like up at a, a, a local club, some of these girls like they're so girly away from me. You can see that on all the stuff, and then they put some shorts on, and, and that's what I love to see that that breaking barriers, but it's got to break in other areas as well. Mm, yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely like that. One minute I'm kicking a football, and the next minute I'm doing a makeup tutorial. <laughs> it goes to show though like stereo it's all stereotypes it's all this stigma that's you know that just needs to be just taken away needs to be stripped back needs to just be get rid of because um it's like anything like you can do meditation but still love a glass of wine on the weekend like you could be vegan but still like to party hard like you don't need to put yourself in a bracket because you enjoy something just be yourself. Like you can be more than one thing. Um, so I'm so glad that that, that that hopefully that's changing. And um, I think schools as well, like if they can take PE and sport more seriously and maybe maybe if they're taking mental health more seriously, they'll link it with exercise because it's proof that exercise helps mental health. So fingers crossed. Um, I'm so glad it's I going th- in the I right think yeah, no, totally. And I do think that's what schools need to aim at. I just don't know, is there enough females out there to be advocates for that? I think, you know, we need to get... My aim is to try and get, you know, into the younger generation. That's what I'm going to try and aim to do and, you know, be some kind of maybe a development officer, somewhat, you know, someone who goes around trying and get this participation up and, you know, take a look at, you take a look at my life for a moment you can be anything you can come from any walker background anything you want to do you can do if you believe in yourself and love love that dream of yours and I think schools is the most important place to start yeah how do you think social media is affecting kids dreams and goals in life because I feel like the most the most wanted job now is to be a youtuber so oh, it's gone. Or a TikToker, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> TikToker. Sounds so mad. Um, I can't even go on there. Um, yeah. It just drives me mad. But I feel like it's gone from like everyone wanted to be a sportsman, didn't they? Or a footballer or, mm-hmm. you know, and now it's like, I want to be an influencer. And it's just, how does that make you feel? Yeah. I, it worries me because of Olivia and how she's getting older. Like she's been on TikTok and stuff. And, She's very much about, oh, I want to do, you know, I want my hair this way. I want She's very girly, completely opposite to how I am and how I was. And it worries me because she, she doubts how she looks and that's she hasn't got that from me. She's got that because what she's seeing, but it's so hard to be able to control that. You know, she has a phone because me and her dad are together, so I can contact her. I don't, you know, dad can contact her and, you know, she's getting to that age now where kids have phones and stuff. So it's hard to control that. But I don't know, it really worries me because I think this is where a lot of the mental health comes from because girls are seeing what people look like, but they don't look like that. And they get, it's just so, it's just confusing and what they want to look like and stuff. And it never used to be like that. As you know, growing up, you, you probably looked up to your mom and, you know, if you've got sisters or out and you kind of, you know, might want to be like your mum or, mm, you know, and so now it's true. like, oh, I want to be like, I want to be, you know, like her on, you know, in the gym gear or something. And it's, yeah, I literally like if my mum, the foundation my mum wore, I wore like, 
you know, like everything you learned was from your mum. You didn't have influencers saying, try this, try that. Um, you're so right. I've never even thought of it like that. Like, you know, what my mum said was Bible and I'm so glad of that. Like my mum was like, you are never dyeing your hair. So never dyed my hair. And I'm so glad I never dyed my hair. Um, but like, if I'm, um, yeah, I, I, I worry too. I think that just the most important thing is just to remind your child every single day, like how beautiful, special, clever, intelligent they are. Um, and just try and instill that confidence in them. Cause yeah, I feel like parents are losing control. Um, and that is worrying. Um, I think as well, if they just got rid of filters and editing, it would be a game changer because people would have to show up as they are. Like if I go on my explore page at the moment, there's even guys like young 16 year old guys, like using filters to smooth out their skin, make their lips, lips look bigger and their eyes bluer. And like all these girls like, Oh my God, I want to marry him. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Um, so I think, I think something's going to have to happen, but I don't know how, and I don't know when, um, but it's definitely, social media is definitely, I think, having a ripple effect on so much. Mm, totally, yeah. Especially on the younger generation. Yeah, again, definitely. it's that younger generation. Like, we should be protecting them. It's hard. Um, very. Very hard. Um, okay, so one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, what have you learned more, most about yourself in the past year? In the past year, but putting the sacrifices that I've made is because I want to achieve the best that I can. So, no matter how hard or challenging life can be, or anything to do with life, I've always got time to be able to do my dream, and that's what I'm. Do- that's what I'm doing. So, it's just definitely like everything that I believe in. I can do it as long as I just keep that focus. And that last year, this last year has definitely proven that with the situation that's been going on and having more intense training sessions is if you really want that, that I can find time to do that and give it everything that I can. I love that. Like when you really want something, you will find that time, you will prioritise it. I yeah, love- and, you know, and to be honest, like I know we've all been in isolation and stuff, but... I can't remember like the last thing that I did with my friends because I've either got training or I've got to do this or I've got to swap a shift to do that because at the end goal I want to be picked for the World Cup and you know it's kind of can be a lonely place sometimes um, when you you want the big the big dreams and it'll be all worth it when you know I get hopefully that England call up but you've just got to be so determined if you if you want to achieve it because it's only a small period of time that I have with rugby and just got to do everything that I can and then once I've done that I can live my life Mm. and so when you say you hope you get the call up so how does it work then the World Cup we hope is going to go ahead do you train with the England team yeah so we train pretty often um so going forward now we'll have a couple of training sessions each month closer to the time we'll have more sessions and then he'll narrow the squad down to about 24 maybe 21 yeah for the okay. World Cup, and how many of the, and how many of you are there now? Then just over thirty, and it can bring anybody in at any time. So we've got a whole season still yet left, and if anyone's doing good, anyone can be brought in and anyone can go. So 
and also you know you've got injuries that may happen touch wood I'm okay and all the girls are but you just don't know what's around corner it's amazing it, it it's amazing like you're you're not right just to put it in perspective how much you want this and how much you love this and how much this is your dream you're not getting paid and you're training like an athlete in the hope that you'll get picked for the England team to play in a World Cup that you hope happens and it's never guaranteed like that is incredible like the, the love and the love you have for that game is clear like I mean it's clear I mean not a lot of people would would do would put, make that sacrifice um and that's incredible and I was watching something earlier that just said like winning is like sprinting and not knowing how long you're going to have to sprint for mm. like wanting yeah. to win it's totally, is like... Like, it's totally like that yeah and it's you know like I work like when I'm working when I've when I've got like because I'll train over at St. Ellen's, so I've got an hour's drive to go to training anyway. So I do that twice a week, and then I have to go to the gym on the Monday and the Wednesday when I'm not at training. So And then I have to do them jobs, and then it's like if you wasn't to get selected and you've sacrificed all that, sacrificed your Saturday and your Sunday because you're playing on one of the days, you might have England training on the Saturday, and you just don't get that good, like that selection at end. Like some of the girls didn't get picked Friday, and it's really upsetting because this is what everybody's doing. They they just have no life because they want that you know end goal, and it's it's cruel. But in a way, it's it's life, and it's, it's your passion, isn't it? And that's all our passion. Wow, I love that. I love that. I need a bit of that passion in my life. I'm gonna go to netball. You started like <laughs> I'm gonna go to netball tonight. Like oh my god, I'm gonna play for England. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna see you on one of your stories. Like I got a card tonight because I did a tackle. Rugby <laughs> <laughs> tackle on the netball pitch. Yeah, yeah. Because it's drilled in your head from today. <laughs> I'm gonna tackle later with my gum. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Do you know what a funny story is? Um, at school, the boys were allowed to play contact rugby and the girls had to play tag rugby. And I was having none of it. And I think I went on about it and on about it for so long. My teacher was like, all right, we'll go and play contact rugby with the boys. So the girls and the boys play together. Oh my God, I'm not, I, I did regret it in the end because it was so muddy. They were just getting up on the floor and dragging us through the mud. And like, we didn't have shacks. Oh yeah, I mean, looking back, it was a laugh, obviously. But um, the teachers were trying to teach me a lesson, but I think I taught them a lesson as well. Like, you know, I hated that that they thought because I've got three brothers, so for me, it was like, oh. yeah, I, oh, that's all I know is rough and tumble, and like, yeah, what, what they can do, I can do. Um, I gave up Irish dancing. I was an Irish dancer from the age of four to the age of oh. ten, and I gave it up for wow. football. Um, I love that. Um, I love I love your determination of like, hang on a minute, no, I'm a female, I'm a girl, and I can tackle as well, and I'm going to do that. And absolutely love that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm still like it now. <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my partner he manages the football team, and they're bringing out a, a women's team. And one of his one of his mates was like, "Connie, do you fancy it?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm really tempted, but." Again, it's it's on a Thursday. Like I've trained for netball on a Wednesday. Can I can I give up another evening? Not with Macy. Then Ricky might have clients. Like I would have ju- I would jump at it, but you know it's it's 
it's again it's that sacrifice and and like I'm not striving to play in the World Cup for women for women's football team and I feel like playing netball once a week is just like therapy for me um and that made me think actually on that hour journey on the way to training what do you do in that hour that must feel well, like a dream apart from spending loads of time on the toilet being nervous <laughs> 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 no you know it's 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 the game prepping it's, it's everybody gets nervous and that do you get nervous when like yeah, yeah, yeah you got when you went, it's but, just it's, it's just like that but, but when you're you said you got an hour drive to training oh sorry yeah yeah so that's obviously before a game you're obviously so nervous because you want to perform but that hour to training and back from training what is it you do in that hour well i, I just jump on m62 and get my protein back get my costa get my house music on and i just go in my own little world because that's like my that's what I love to do so that's my journey to St Ellen's on the way back I kind of just I'm probably thinking about everything that's happened I'll have my protein shake I'll still have my music on and by the time I know it I'm there and I'm at home and that's just kind of my routine and I kind what I love about because I chose to go to St Ellen's because it was somewhere different so I get to go out of my little town get on the motorway and I've left everything behind me and it's like it's like refreshing so I just leave everything there and I just head away and then I do what I do and then come back and I'm back into that environment again. But it's just so nice. Like you say, it's just an escape. Yeah. But a, a really, it's, a, it's nice. It's what you need. Mm. This is, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like netball saved me in a way. It's only been a few weeks and it sounds really dramatic, but I didn't have anything for me. You know, everything was about, you know, okay, your, my career is for me, but it's also for family and it's also stressful and there's a worry, you're self-employed, like you're trying to make money, same as you with your healthcare job. Um, but then Ricky said to me, look, my mate plays netball. I know you want to join, it's only up the road. And he encouraged me. I'm really grateful for that. I don't know if I would have put myself forward because I'm like, oh, I feel bad. You get that mum guilt, which like creeps up all the time, doesn't it? Um, but honestly, anyone listening to this, just listening to Amy saying then about how that's her escape, she gets on that bus, puts her music in, and then you've got your training, which is amazing for your mental health. You've got your teammates, and then you come back home, you can reflect. But that time to just recharge your batteries, take a break from real life, and just enjoy yourself is so, so, so crucial so anyone doubting I'm sure Amy you agree with me anyone thinking oh I can't do that or I'm not going to be good enough I haven't played rugby or football or netball since school don't hold back because it's more it's not just about the sport and being the best is it it's about just just getting out of your comfort zone and just exercising and being around like-minded people yeah it's you know you don't even have to go do a sport you could just go to the gym and go with your friend because once you've done that exercise, you just you completely feel different when you're just coming away from it. Like, say for instance, I've had a little little tiff with my fella. I'll go to the gym, and then once I've left the gym, I just feel completely different and relaxed, and we can talk and whatever. And it, it's just the exercise really helps so much. It's just such an important thing. And you know, going if you do want to go into a team in any sport, or you know, go do it because you're socializing you're meeting different people and it just really it gives you a sense of warmth and it's like a, like you say it's a really happy place and 
you look forward to that coming round each week. And it is like you say, Connor, it's it's something you're doing that you want to do and you're away from all the things that you have to deal with on a daily day basis. So definitely go for it. If you're ever thinking about it, go for it and you'll never look back from it. No, definitely not. I feel like it's my therapy. I love it. Yes. Um, <laughs> do you know, I, literally, I forget about everything for an hour and a half and it's amazing. Um, so I've loved talking to you. I feel like, oh, I mean, you're in Yorkshire, right? so far away I am (laughs) we're gonna keep in touch I feel like we're so um we're so like so like-minded we're both loving our sport we're both fighting for the same cause in a way we want we want to encourage girls to just get out there and be themselves and we want equality we want you know all of those things um so we'll keep in touch I'm gonna watch you on the on the big screen hopefully fingers crossed um thank you And to end the podcast, uh, the last question I ask my guest is, what piece of advice would you give your younger self? Never give up in anything that you want to do and you can do it. Amazing. Don't give up. It's, 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 you know, we've heard it a million times before, but when you actually sit down and think about it and and, uh, reflect on that piece of advice in a moment where you're about to give up, I think it's crucial because sometimes when you're just about to give up is when you're just about to make progress as well. Yeah, 100%, you're so right there. It takes hard work and that hard work, it can grind you down, but just if you give up after all that hard work, you know, what's it for? Love that. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been lovely. Thank you. Thank you. 